Welcome to On the Table, a podcast about board games, card games, and tabletop war games. All right, welcome back to episode 72 of the On the Table Gaming Podcast. I'm Chase, and I'm joined today with Mike from Off the Wall Games. Mike, thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me back on the show. Oh, man. Okay, so for the longest time, I don't know if people know this, but Mike, you were kind of like the champion of the neutral faction. You were playing straight neutrals way back when the game first came out and and you know really not as many people were doing that and you stuck with it are you still playing a lot of neutral games yeah you know i'd say it's probably still my uh favorite faction but i definitely um a lot of the new baratheon stuff's really been uh catching my eye right from the get-go okay so i knew with your your kind of your analytic mind and your uh willingness to stick through with things even when it's when it's difficult uh, that you'd be a good person to have come on talk about uh, some Baratheon stuff. And so today we're going to look at, you know, the the Renly side of the hero box with Team Renly. And uh, I think Baratheons maybe to go off the the Renly metaphors here are are really starting to bloom with this hero box. <laughs> so I'll insert as many you know flower puns as I can, but we'll uh, we'll see. So starting off, you know, one of the things that really I think differentiates Renly from Stannis, their hero boxes. We were, we were talking about the Stannis hero box last game, and it sort of hints at a bunch of different play styles that maybe, you know, will be able to expand out and be developed. And it doesn't really double down on any one thing too much. I feel like with Renly, there's a lot clearer role, especially with their Rose Knights um, and the healing mechanics for the way their their characters interact. So that's what you They have a lot of... Uh... Uh, inbuilt versatility as well. Yeah, um, exactly. From a neutral player, uh, really caught my my eye initially. I was getting um, tons of envy just looking at uh, <laughs> Sheer Errol. Um, oh my god! Right out of the gates, because those are our two favorite zones. Is you know, I'm used yeah. to always grabbing bag or letter, having an NCU that um, essentially doubles down on the effect of those two zones. So it's really appealing. And now I think maybe you really were onto something here by specializing the neutrals in that that experience. You can keep playing that faction, but when you switch to other factions, in some cases you can bring your commanders, but you can also bring in certain units that you've been practicing over and over again. And so you've got like kind of a built-in skill set that you can take with you when you play new factions. So I'll be interested. Maybe at the end we could talk about if you've been running any lists and if you've been including many neutrals in them when you do run them. Oh yeah, I have a... a- few things i've been working on that look uh, really rewarding so. well let's start off by talking about the rose knights here so this is a seven point infantry unit loyalty to renly baratheon they got movement speed of four so they're kind of your typical baratheon speeds they hit on a three plus at eight five three armor three plus morale six plus but it's really their abilities that make them stand out and they're, they're pretty much loaded there's not much more room left on their card uh, so Perseverance and Valor, each time this unit makes a melee attack, before rolling dice, it may restore one wound, which is pretty useful. And then Dauntless, each time this unit passes a morale test, it may also restore one wound. And then Deadly Bloom, each time this unit restores wounds, one enemy is engaged with suffers a wound. So we kind of have this like thorny, like we're going to prick you to death, death by a thousand cuts going on. Oh, this is absolutely one of my favorite units in the game i have not um uh i'm not hidden my love for them very well but, uh, <laughs> uh no j- just a uh, fantastic unit overall just the stat line across the board is incredibly solid um 
of course, their their biggest drawback being their movement speed, and then how quickly they uh, fall off on attack dice, losing going from eight to five, which is a pretty big jump as far as most units go. Um, but other than that, just the ability to um, heal themselves up with that recursion there, and then being able to bypass other units' defenses by dealing auto wounds is uh, just so good. Yeah, and I feel like, you know, that is a huge drop-off, that's true, but I feel like on the Renly side here, uh, this is a, a faction that is not wanting for healing mechanics. Yeah, you're definitely incentivized to kind of keep these guys topped up. Um, eight dice hitting on three is just so good. Now, when you've been making lists for uh, House Baratheon, are you running, you know, multiples of this unit? Does this in some way became like a become like a core unit for you? Or are you finding it's still kind of a little bit specialist? You still want your wardens and stuff like that to really be be tanking mostly? So I'll be honest, I'm a big fan of uh, warden spam, first and foremost. <laughs> um, we actually have a, a fantastic uh, couple of uh, local players. Um, one of our local guys, uh, Eric, has been championing um, Baratheon since release, and he's kind of been my my main opponent. But he really showed me the the strength of uh, uh, wardens and mass. Man, yeah, I love you, you, you guys. I love the way you approach your meta here, and uh, I like that you guys just like you, you'll you'll peel early adapters and you'll stick with it and uh, kind of build your strategies from the ground up. When other people maybe will pass and say, "Ah, I'm going to wait for Baratheons to get a few more units to to be more competitive." I love I the mean, mindset yeah. you guys cultivate. Um, you know, definitely. I, I think it's really easy to get uh, discouraged, especially when you're new to the game. Um, you know, maybe you just have your hero box or uh, your starter and a couple other things. And uh, uh, the main thing we tell people is just to stick with it. The you know first, maybe even 10, 15 games. I know for me with neutrals, I was getting uh, crushed initially, but when it uh, finally clicked, it was uh, night and day, and I haven't uh, gone back since. So. That makes sense. I, that's that's good advice. I think just for everyone to hear. Uh, so jumping in then with our first uh, commander uh, available here, we have a new version of Renly. So it's Renly Baratheon, Lord Paramount of the Stormlands. He's got unwavering charisma where he may not be targeted by the enemy's tactics cards or enemy influence effects. Um, I'm going to try not to do this too much, but, uh, you know, kind of comparing between Stannis and Renly. Stannis, the uh, rightful heir, or the Stannis, the rightful heir has an ability where he can't be targeted by condition tokens. This version of Renly can't be targeted by tactics cards or influences. Which would you rather have? Well, that's a really tough one, actually. Um, of course, Renly's uh, ability is something we haven't really seen elsewhere in the game right now, so it'll be interesting to see um, how much of an impact it has uh, on the meta and on whatever unit he's in particular. Uh, Stannis's ability to just... Uh, deny uh condition tokens i feel is very strong across the board so uh hard to say without more games yeah, that's true <laughs> um so i mean it's pretty amazing though i mean just being able to ignore i mean especially i'm thinking of like influence effects in my mind i'm like calling back to all the times when i've been like crushed by some influence i wasn't expecting or wanting or 
you know, man, I don't want to get, you know, Walder Frayed on this unit. And just to be able to be like, yeah, you know, I'm not about that life. That's, I feel like that's going to be useful. Yeah, that's actually a really good point because I feel uh, Rose Knights in particular, one of those units, um, at least for me going across the table from, I would want to shut off their abilities because they have a lot of them. So maybe sticking uh, uh, Renly into that unit and uh, preventing them from getting shut off. Um, a really good way to just kind of keep your, your centerpiece unit uh, in the battle. And I feel like, you know, what's been interesting to see is as new mechanics have rolled out, I think we've started to see like tiers of things be revealed that maybe in a year or two will be kind of more the norm. Uh, I know there's a lot of, you know, concern when Walder Frey first came out. Spoiler, we'll get to talk about another NCU that shuts down things later in this podcast. Um, but having things that might have immunities or grants things immunities, I think that might be an interesting balance point going forward. Um, but... Okay, so Renly Baratheon, his first tactics card, Hidden Affairs. Um, so this is one when uh, a friendly combat unit containing attachment is destroyed. One other friendly combat unit that contains an attachment can make a free charge action against the attacker or may remove their activation token. That's awesome. Um, and in a faction where you can have, you know, what we're going to talk about in a second, Br Brienne, like these free attachment. Right. You're going to be probably running, although you're running, you're talking about Warden Spam. I'm seeing more smaller activation armies that are definitely having attachments in almost every unit. Uh, maybe that's not the case for where you guys are playing, though. Yeah, we actually tend to run pretty attachment light, more or less. Um, mm -hmm. We do see people trying to maximize activations a little bit more. Um, uh, except this for kind of both. extra players, yeah. yeah. Um, but this is really strong, especially for a faction that doesn't have a lot of uh, movement speed. Uh, boosting abilities to get some to get a charge out of activation um, is really strong. Uh, I've seen a lot of people also trying to maybe build lists around this tactics card. Um, I'm wondering if that might also just be a trap, though. I mean, this is super useful, but I, I'm always a little bit hesitant about tactics cards that are when you lose a unit. It's like. Like when you're losing, you can do this thing, which can be great. It can turn the tide of battle. But if you're like, you know, I want to maximize my activations here so that I can, uh, when I lose a unit, I can do this awesome thing. I always wonder if that's maybe just like a, a trap that people might fall into. Yeah, I think, I think it's tricky because you do have the trade-off of you take a ton of attachments, you are, of course, going to uh, lose out on points that could be spent on entire other units. Um, and to use... That being said, at the same time, we do get the free uh, attachment in the form of um, Brienne the Blue. Um, and also one uh, combination I really like with this version of Renly is running uh, maybe one or two Stormcrow units. Ooh. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a lot. Of, moving their activation token, that's a, potentially a lot of shots in a round or attacks. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing what um, Dervishes do. Mm -hmm. um, I think that could potentially be a really strong unit that would work with this. And if they do have the um, discount to attachments like uh, other Stormcrow units, then that will be a very powerful combination right there. He's also got Wealth and Cunning. Uh, if attacking, deal an additional D3 automatic hits. Plus three hits if you control the letter zone. If defending, you automatically block D3 hits or three hits if you control the wealth zone. This happens, it's triggered when a friendly unit is attacked or attacks. Uh, incredibly versatile. I think cards like this that you can use in a variety of situations 
that's always a, a great thing. This might be one of his like go-to tactics cards. Yeah, this is actually one of the core neutral cards. Um, and when I saw uh, Sheer Arrow initially, I thought, oh man, she would be so great in neutrals, specifically thinking of this card. Um, and then now we have it here in uh, Baratheon. So. so your dream has come true. The stars have aligned. Definitely. And then finally, this one's a little bit more controversial here, and uh, I'm going to make sure I get this right here, but uh, in his brother's shadows. So first off, hilarious name, uh, shadows being plural. Um, but there's a. it says, when an enemy commander activates, choose one, cancel that commander's abilities. Renly's unit may make a free march or retreat action. So two of these options now, uh, the wording on cancel that commander's abilities has uh, raised some questions. Um, and I'm trying to, gosh, now I'm going to speak out of turn here. I'm trying to make sure I get it right. Uh, I had been talking to, um, Michael Chanoff. So this is not an official statement here, but I remember mentioning it before the live stream. I, um, I actually believe it was in the second live stream. This one came up and they, um, they did clarify it was supposed to be until the end of the turn. There we go. Yeah. So I was like, man, I hope I don't forget this. <laughs> um, so a little bit of a typo there, and we're going to see there's one other typo in this set that came out, um, but kind of makes a big deal. There were some people saying like, well, then it's just the commander's abilities are gone for the game. And it's like, <laughs> that seems a little powerful. Uh, so it's certainly not that. Um, a useful card, another versatile card, we can choose different options. Shutting down an opponent, a commander's ability, you know, always can be a clutch thing to do. And then if not, if that's not something you want to do in that game, being able to get a free march or retreat action when your enemy's commander activates, like that's also great. All right, this is just another really versatile card where, um, you know, if you have a, a powerhouse um, combat commander and a unit coming at you, um, one I can think of is the mountain, being able to maybe shut him off for a turn might uh, keep a key unit alive, or you could use it offensively to um, maybe in the early game to move up um, one of uh, your own units get in a better position yeah and then for attachments uh brianne the blue we kind of mentioned her already a zero point attachment which is phenomenal for especially for what she does uh renly's protector each time renly's unit is attacked after the attack has been completed this unit may make a free attack or charge action targeting the attacker that attack gains plus two attack dice oh my gosh good and grief and a free attachment at that. So um, and it should be noted it works with uh, both versions of Renly. So um, ah. I find it difficult that I'd imagine any list in which I was running Renly and I didn't also take Brienne. Yeah, and that's awesome. It's, it's thematic. Uh, it definitely helps you fill out your attachments, though. Uh, and, but it's just great having that free attachment. Like, gosh, I'll take free anything. That's amazing. Yeah, it's, it's so good. And then also, I think, it, you know, as you spoke earlier about the movement elements and like, it's going to give you, you know, that extra charge action uh, or at least a free attack that helps with your kind of action economy in general. Anytime you're attacking more times around, that's great. Um, yeah. And all the free charges in faction now. Um, if you look at uh, counter charge, which I believe is in the uh, uh, normal Baratheon deck, mm -hmm. when you just start attacking on all these other abilities you're going to get a surprising amount of uh movement from the brass yeah 
Uh, then we got Loris Tyrell, the Knight of Flowers, another commander option, who's got Expert Duelist. Each time this unit makes a melee attack against an enemy infantry unit, it deals one additional wound. If there is an attachment in that unit, you may instead roll a die on a three plus kill that attachment. So I don't know about you, but I remember when I first started seeing this ideas of like expert duelists come out, um, I thought, you know, picking off key attachments, this is going to be something that people online like complain about being like way too powerful. And yet I don't really see that maybe at all. Um, when you see somebody play a unit that has expert duelist, is that something that you're concerned about playing into? Are you like, oh man, this is going to be really problematic? Definitely an underappreciated keyword. Um, you know, the only other attachment I could think of in the game that has this is the uh, Kingsguard version of Jamie. Right. I, Who I, I don't that, see often at all. No, and he's uh, fantastic. Um, like what's go, what's going on there, guys? Why is this not a thing? Like, Am I missing something? Yeah, I think it's just hard to fit those two points in sometimes, but um, to be able to get this on a commander is just fantastic. Right. Um, it's and I guess like, realistically meeting. over a game, how many how many different units with attachments maybe are you engaging? I think it's really just having the threat of it there. Yeah. Is your opponent really going to want to engage your unit if they have a, a two to three point attachment um, or even their own commander uh, risking combat with you? Um, and even if they don't have an attachment, you're still doing a consistent um, additional wound, which also means an additional panic test. Right. Uh, and a, uh, a panic test. Yeah, right. A panic test. Uh, I mean, that's great. Uh, guaranteed. Uh, and so then he's got his first tactics card, Growing Strong. When a friendly NCU claims a tactic zone, replace the zone's effect with, you may restore up to three wounds total and remove up to two condition tokens from any number of friendly combat units. I feel like this is just put in there to mess with my Mance Raider play. Good God. <laughs> and you can spread it among the units. So if you had like multiple Rose Knights, you could ding them each for a, a point of healing and have them trigger off their wounds. Oh, it's so good. And being able to remove condition tokens on top of doing those wounds, I think this is probably one of the most uh, versatile heals in the game. And that's what I feel like as it keeps coming across is like people talking about versatility. I feel like the Renly Hero Box, um, there's a lot of like immediately useful things that right now, even with their one unit that's been released, you're like, oh, I see how this combos. Not a lot of mysteries at this point. Um, Love by the Small Folk, his other tactics card here. Uh, when a friendly combat unit activates, if they're within short range of Loris's unit, they roll plus one attack dice and gain Sundering. I mean, I guess that's okay. I mean, it's not like earth-shakingly amazing, uh, but definitely useful. Uh, I like this too. Um, it's also good on range attacks as well. Oh, nice. So actually my, um, my regular um, Baratheon opponent, he's a big fan of Stormcrow archers in his uh, Baratheon list. And I mm -hmm. think this is a way um, maybe short of taking uh, Stormcrow Lieutenant on the unit. Mm -hmm. um, you can take another attachment and then still gain the benefit of uh, plus one die in front. That's true. Yeah, that'd be a nice uh, combo. Courtney Penrose giving you the plus one uh, hand size. Right. And a unit of Stormcrows. <laughs> hmm, I like that combo there. 
And then overgrowth, when a friendly combat unit makes a melee attack before attack dice are rolled, for each enemy rank destroyed by this attack, this unit may restore D3 wounds, even more healing options. So um, going to be great for maybe things like your Rose Knights that already have like a high damage output, eight dice hitting on threes. You're probably going to be able to get a rank down. And then you can hit, hit your Deadly Bloom again. And it's just a really great uh, attrition piece in general, um, especially when you're maybe finishing off the last one or two wounds in a, a rank and in something like your uh, Brassian Wardens or maybe your Sentinels stay in the fight a little bit longer. Absolutely. Yeah, Sentinels can have had some problems with, with my misplays. <laughs> They're surprisingly squishy. Yeah. Uh, and then we got Loris Tyrell, the King Squire. He's a two-point infantry attachment. And for two points, he adds precision. Hits from uh, six, don't allow defense saves. I mean, that's precision is always helpful. Now, I know a lot of people swear by only taking precision with critical blow. Um, sure, that's better, but you know, precision is still useful to have. I don't know if we have that many things with incredibly high dice pools at this point. Right. Maybe, maybe with time. Again, this is one I'm hoping the um, uh, dervishes will be a good uh, fix oh, yeah. for. But <laughs> um, even then, you know, um, it's a little expensive, but you can put this on a, a unit of sentinels to really uh, put the hurt on something. Uh, Rose knights as well. If you have a, maybe two points left over and you don't really want to upgrade one of your MCUs, um, this is just a solid attachment. And then we have Eldon Estermont, the Lord of Greenstone, as another infantry commander. He's got knowledge and insight. Each time this unit performs an action, you may, you may discard one tactics card to place any one condition token on an enemy within short range. So discarding tactics cards for condition tokens is a great mechanic. That makes him you know, pretty powerful. The, the problem is uh, his tactics cards that he brings are all pretty good. <laughs> I don't know if I want to be discarding many of them. So uh, the first one is Battle Endurance, which is an amazing card. So when a friendly combat unit makes a melee attack, before you roll your attack dice, you gain the following bonuses, and they're cumulative. So if it's, if it's a round three or later, you get plus two attack dice. Four or later, plus one to hit. Five or later, Sundering. So you could potentially be on turns five or six giving plus two attack dice, plus one to hit, and sundering to a unit's attack before you make your attack roll. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, he's such an interesting uh, commander. We really haven't seen a lot of abilities like this in one place. Um, uh, this one definitely favors kind of the attrition play style of the Brassian. And not only that, then, it's like by the end of the game when like your guys are all beat up and you're trying to finish off these units, they're still hitting back hard. Oh, oh yeah, it's terrifying. And, you know, the, the effects are cumulative. So, um, you know, plus two dice, plus one to hit, and thundering is absolutely brutal. Like two pluses or something, yeah. yeah and, exactly. I'm, you know, this whole, NC, this whole character just makes me feel like I'm going to have to play into it a bunch of times to really, like, understand the ins and outs. Because the next uh, tactics card, Hefty Ransom, is another one that, like, I have a hard time wrapping my brain around. When a friendly combat unit is destroyed in melee, you gain one victory point. The attacker may then restore up to D3 plus one wounds. Especially as a free folk player. Um, great, I got four wounds. 
but you got a victory point, it keeps you tied up. So it's harder. Like, so if I got a point for killing your unit, like you, you keep me, you keep tied, you'd stay with me. So I've got to really watch out for your end game now because you're going to be either staying even or if you already have a lead, you'll just keep maintaining that lead. Right. And, and this is, this card alone easily makes um, uh, Elden Estremont a, a top tier commander. I really think um, he might be kind of the sleeper hit in this box. I mean, I just feel like in the hands of really skilled players, yeah, exactly. it's going to be brutal. You, you tend to see, especially in higher levels of play, that you really do have um, a lot more kind of one-for-one -one exchanges. Um, it's, you know, few and far between in, in those types of games where somebody really just overwhelms you and gets a decisive advantage. Right. Um, so having something like this that, um, you know, I can't tell you how many games I've lost by one victory point. Um, having something like this is... It, so incredibly powerful. And then, you know, speaking of not enjoying playing against it as free folk, martial superiority. Here we go. Um, when an enemy combat unit attacks before attack dice are rolled, the attack rolls negative two dice. So, or rolls minus two dice and loses any abilities until the end of the turn. If they're attacking Eldon Estermont's units, they become weakened. So my giant can stroll on up there and all those posts on Facebook when people are like, hey, if... Uh, you know, if they hit me with one die, can I like cancel or block it? And they're like, no, no, it generates a hit. Well, you're actually rolling no dice then. So, and you're losing your abilities of Mighty Swing. So, uh, you could just completely negate a giant's attack and not have to worry about them. That's scary. An incredibly powerful card and uh, works great on ranged attacks as well. Oh my gosh. I keep, I keep forgetting the range attack piece and that's, that's really true. Yeah. Then we also have the attachment for Eldon, Eldon Estermont. Uh, he's got the uh, Venerable Knight attachment. Now, here's the other typo that people noticed, um, and I think it caused some confusion on the app, and that the printed card for this, on the front of it, uh, it actually says uh, Lord of Greenstone again. So it looks like you have two Lord of Greenstone cards, but on the back of this NCU, it has the correct name of Venerable Knight. So Eldon Estron, Venerable Knight is the NCU version. I can see there's probably going to be some confusion out there. And people are like, wait, it has the same name on one side. Um, but he's got Elderly Caution. And whenever Eldon claims a zone on the tactics board, you may replace that zone's effect with draw three tactics cards. Place one of those cards at the bottom of your tactics deck and the rest in your hand. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I love this. Um, you know, Brassians really are one of those... Um, uh, factions that really do uh, like their cards a lot um, and having something like this that can really help you um, uh, cycle and, and look for the ones you need at a given time is just so strong so is that going to be his biggest detriment to his commander which is amazing is that his ncu is a three-point ncu which is also great exactly there's um if i'm not running elden as a commander i'm probably taking him as an ncu Whew. And then we've got Courtney Penrose as the NCU commander. Uh, he's got Castilian's Duty, which is an influence. And when he influences an enemy combat unit, each time that unit is targeted by a tactic zone, one of your combat units within long range may restore D3 wounds. Now, this is the kind of uh, commander that I think would want, run really well with uh, maybe a elite um, lower activation army. 
maybe if you're running four combat units. Um, I think this will really help you mitigate any sort of um, activation advantage your opponent might have. Yeah, and I think, you know, especially being able to have your, your free NCU, you can pump some numbers up there and run your, you know, a three NCU build with him rather effectively. And then his all his cards are are phenomenal here. So defensive counter, when an unactivated friendly combat unit is attacked with melee, before attack dice are rolled, the attacker becomes weakened and loses their abilities until the end of the turn. Great for keeping your guys alive, and it's just a good card that you can put down and react to really any situation with. Um, uh, Brathens really do like the uh, weakened tokens. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And then counterplot, I mean, that's, you know, gosh, that first card is amazing. The second card, counterplot, now in the same guy having them. When an opponent plays a tactics card, roll on a three plus, cancel the effects of that tactics card. If you control the crown, you may reroll this die. Yay, more counterplots <laughs> out in the world. Now I gotta worry about that oh, again. Yeah. It's nice to see more of them. I mean, it's, that's your your classic um, uh, counter spell card, right? Uh, and all those guys that were loving Tyrion and playing Tyrion are not going to be like, oh, Courtney Penrose. It's not looking so bad. I think I might jump over to him because uh, we haven't even talked about his final tactics card, surprise strategy. At the start of any turn, the opponents may not play tactics cards this turn. Remove this card from the game instead of discarding it when played. If you control the tactic zone on the tactics board, you may also return one tactics card from your discard pile to your hand. I mean, anytime you can shut down your opponent's tactics for a turn, it, it really gives you a nice safety net for maneuvering, right? You just It's kind of nice to deal in absolutes regarding the board state and be like, okay, there's nothing you can do to mess with me right now. Uh, so this is actually another uh, core neutral card that was uh, uh, ported over here. So... Uh... Uh, Courtney Penrose really dips his toes into a lot of other factions, but um, <laughs> this card is so good. I mean, you can use it um, offensively if you're about to attack one of your opponent's key units and you know maybe he has something like uh, Wealth of the Rock or Counter Charge, uh, uh, something like that. You can shut off any defensive responses, and then you can also use it um, on your side to prevent any uh, combat tricks of the opponent. Um, and then just being a uh, card recursion is always good. And um, then he... being able to maybe pull back. Um, actually, to be able to reuse a counterpart alone is probably uh, worth it right there. Yeah. I mean, you could potentially run four counterplots in a game. <laughs> That's pretty evil, actually. That's not bad. <laughs> and then Courtney Penrose uh, also has an attachment, a two-point attachment, reliable Castilian. Cast Castellan, and he's got bookkeeping. So as long as Courtney Penrose is on the battlefield, you gain plus one to your tactics hand size. So you, I think you mentioned earlier maybe tossing him into a Stormcrow unit at a, at a minus one point cost then. Yeah, I think that might be the best way to do it, especially um, uh, maybe a unit of archers, something you can keep back, uh, keep a little safer. Um, maybe play more of a, a control game in the early game and then um, until you have the cards you need. Absolutely. Uh, and then back to NCUs here, we've got uh, Marjorie Tyrell, the little rose, four-point unit, a four-point NCU, and it's got a rose and its thorns. Whenever Marjorie claims a zone in the tactics board, you may restore one wound to a friendly infantry unit or deal one wound to an enemy infantry unit. So it's nice in that this isn't a replace effect. It adds on. But what do you think? Four points. That's a lot of points. 
It is uh, take the, the fact you mentioned, which it is not a replacement effect. You still get a very solid MCU that is incredibly versatile. Um, being able to maybe uh, heal up your Rose Knights and get an extra wound, you're actually doing um, uh, doing a little extra damage there. So I feel like, yeah, if you build that list right, she'll be great. But I can see if you just kind of haphazardly put some together, maybe you wouldn't be able to maximize her quite as much. I think just more the issue there being so many good options um, across the board for four points. I mean, or just even, I, I keep going back to like Eldon Estermont being like three points. Right. Cards. <laughs> but the damage output with the Rose Knights. I mean, I feel like that's another example where it's like it's a clear synergy with that unit. Exactly. And, and just another way to get them doing consistent um, damage every turn. I think if you're running multiple units of Rose Knights, she might uh, definitely be worth spotting uh, uh, yeah. the list. And then, too, we'll see whether or not, um, you know, this, um, this Deadly Bloom mechanic um, sees its way onto any other units. Yeah. Gosh, I mean, I can't imagine a bunch of faction units that had that. That would be insane. But our final, last but not least, I mean, kind of not only an iconic character in the books and the show, Elena Tyrell, the Queen of Thorns, pulling weeds as the NCU. She's five points. When Elena claims a zone on the tactics board, one enemy NCU loses all abilities until the end of the round. Dun dun dun. <laughs> yeah, this is this is so good. Um she's a bully. Yeah, exactly. I was thinking of taking her maybe alongside um Walder Frey and just having a couple uh, Oh my god, you're a jerk. <laughs> shut down the game. You're so mean. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's uh, that's pretty good. But she's just so strong. Um and I think if you were ever going to run a two MCU list and maybe a three MCU meta, she would probably be the way to go and just uh, kind of help you even the odds. Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, I think on that, you mentioned that live stream earlier uh, and it was on our YouTube channel, but Michael Chanel uh, came on twice actually. And he was talking about the Targaryens and we asked him about what does he think about like the kind of the two NCU versus three NCU metas and he was saying there's like kind of other things coming out that will enable there to be more options. In fact, you know, units that for the Targaryens that let them, you know, get extra attacks in or um, kind of just hinting at this idea that you can make up for a lack of tactic zone presence another way. So I think it's kind of interesting to be starting to think about things and how can you control the tactics board or control the board state. Um, either through nullifying your opponents or finding gains that you would normally rely on the tactics board elsewhere? I think this is definitely going to be um, one of those MCUs that uh, if I'm in a tournament, I'm thinking I might come against uh, uh, Baratheon. This is probably what I'm worrying about. The thing is, like, five points. I mean, that's a unit of Baratheon Wardens um, against... <laughs> you know some lists you're going to take her and you're going to be like oh man like maybe not the best thing at this moment but then other lists you play against just being able to shut down like a linchpin ncu so good i think you know this is a great counter to um uh walder or Varys or uh just any of those those strong ncs yeah 
Gosh, pretty amazing. So I think right now, I mean, right now, I think out of the Baratheons, uh, we kind of talked this before with Stannis. I think his hero box kind of sets up like three or four different styles of play. Where Renly's, I mean, we're seeing the card draw, we're seeing some healing, we're seeing some more healing. It's maybe a little bit clear right off the bat, and it synergizes with those Rose Knights really well because I think it's it's always easier to get work out of a unit if you know you can be keeping it alive. And three plus armor and a bunch of healing benefits. You know, I feel like that's something that's have a little bit more sustain. Uh, I think it's going to be uh, really strong. Uh, I think being able to do consistent um, auto runs throughout the course of the game while keeping your stuff alive is um, really going to benefit players who get um, uh, locked in early. I'm a little sad because with all these new hero boxes, my giants squishing Baratheon days might start to become numbered. There's a lot more ways to do auto wounds on Giants now. (laughs) That's true. Uh, Any, uh, you know, you said you've been working on some top secret lists here. Any things you might want to tease or share? Yeah, I would actually, uh, I have a few I've been working on, but let's see, is there a commander we want to do? One of the ones that's been getting a lot of attention is uh, Renly Paramount. Yeah, definitely. All right, so we have... um, uh, uh, core of this list is going to be two units of Rose Knights. Two units of Rose Knights, okay. Um, and then uh, one unit's going to have uh, Renly Baratheon, uh, Lord Paramount of the Storm. And then the other is going to have Brienne the Blue. Okay, I see. That's a good, some good synergy already. These guys are going to Right. Uh, two very strong units that um, you know work well together. Um, it's going to get a, a lot of... Um, out of activation movement just from uh, Renly's cards and um, Brienne's abilities, ideally. Um, so that's going to mitigate one of the main weaknesses of the Rose Knights. Um, and then the other one I like here for just um, early positioning shenanigans is going to be Stormco Archers with uh, uh, Courtney Penrose. Uh, just having that extra card per turn. And, you know, don't be afraid, especially as a Baratheon player, to. Um, Definitely draw as many cards as you can um, in the first two to three turns. Anytime that, um, you know, tactic zone is open and you can grab the um, letter, do it unless it's going to um, cause problems for you. Uh, And then I'm going to have just two units of um, Baratheon Wardens of Master Wardens. Okay. That's just such a, a durable unit. You really don't want your um, Rose Knights taking big charges if you can help it. Um, they, do, they do have the tools to kind of mitigate it and come back, but um, you know, taking a big hit on them is still going to um, result in them dying a little bit sooner. So um, Wardens are just one of those units that you can very comfortably uh, put on your flanks or put across from uh, a scary-looking unit of your opponents and, uh, <laughs> and, and and get into position. Yeah, tie them up. So they're they're great, and I always try and take at least one unit of wardens um, with a master warder, um, and every breath in unit I make, uh, every breath in must I make. And then for our two NCUs, we're going to have um, a sheer arrow, of course. Uh, now this one's actually really good with stormcrow archers because you can use her ability to uh, 
claim the bag, and then place a condition token on one enemy unit, and then fire with the Stormcrow uh, archers into that unit. And so then you can kind of custom it to make them either reroll their armor, to reroll that panic test, depending panic on the units. Test. Yeah, really, really strong ability there. And um, of course, with uh, uh, wealth and cunning as well, that's oh, going yeah. to be just another uh, MCU that will play off of that ability really well. All right, so and you got then, four um, points left. Now I want to see what's your final pick here. Where do you go? Uh, so, so this is an interesting one here. Uh, this is going to be uh, Tychonosaurus. Ah. Um, being able to just spread those heals out, um, you know, once per game at the uh, start of any turn, you can either use that offensively to um, maybe heal up the Rose Knights a little bit and get uh, extra damage in. Maybe uh, if you can do it to get yourself over the rank threshold to get additional dice on an attack. Uh, and then it's also just really defensive. If you have a unit holding an objective and it really needs to live, giving it five wins back will usually make that happen. Yeah. Interesting. So that's a pretty... So now I guess the idea would be to get both Rose Knights using Brienne the Blue engaged on the same target and just get those auto wounds going through them. Yeah, that, that's probably the meanest thing you could do. Um, they would also would not be incentivized to um, attack around the units Renly's unit at all with uh, Brianna around. Um, right. So kind of running them in a buddy pair like that is going to force whatever unit to go after Brienne first. So you can you can use that to your advantage for sure. Um, Gosh. And it's each time her, the unit's been attacked. That's correct. Good God. I'm just thinking like, I was like, oh, I could bait that out with something with a free folk raider unit. But it's like, oh no, I just keep coming. Like they're just going to keep I mean, killing that, stuff. That's a free charge with, 10 dice on the attack. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Um, oh, oh. Yeah. Oh, man, it's going to be fun to play against. I got to find some strategies here. Oh. Well, this is awesome. I'm so excited where the Brathians have landed here. And, like, you know, this is just a hero box. We only have one new unit for each faction. So, uh, or for each uh, loyalty. So, I mean, this is going to be so cool seeing this faction develop as a whole. And this is just a faction that really uh, mechanically um, caught my eye and just what it was doing and how I like to play the game. Um, now, really smartly designed and developed here. Yeah, I think uh, it was uh, uh, Fabio Curry. This was his. Um, uh, this was his faction that he put together. So, uh, w uh, well done. Yeah. Phenomenal. And it's just cool seeing everything come together in these pieces like that. I mean, it's about time. This faction was a little slow rolling out, I'll say. We it, when it came out in August. And now it's like now that we're starting to get the releases, it's like, oh man, this thing, this thing's awesome. I think the the, the new release schedule uh model is really helping as well. Uh just getting more stuff on the table yes. um, <laughs> for each faction at a time. And there's still tons of stuff we haven't even uh yet that we know should be here within the next few months so. so so i'm excited so thank you so much for coming on and talking baratheons i appreciate it yeah my pleasure uh, always a good time talking to you 
and uh, we'll have to get you. Uh, well, hopefully you're staying safe, and hopefully we can get some games in when everything when everything clears up. I feel like I'm gonna be I'm gonna be restless when this ends, when the quarantines end. I'd say you know get some painting done. Um, you know I've been working on getting my units looking really nice. Sweet. Um, I think everyone's taking this time to do uh, a little hobby. Yeah, absolutely. So thanks so much for coming on, and uh, everybody, we'll catch up with you next time. Stay safe, and in the meantime, I hope you get your miniatures on the table. <laughs>